What is up, guys? Welcome to the Project Esports podcast for June 25th, 2018. The number one esports podcast, bringing you all the big news stories from the previous week, exclusive interviews, and other kind of just content based around video game, esports, or really whatever we feel like talking about or complaining about. As always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren, one of your co-hosts, and alongside me, I have James Graham, the sole Canuck. And I don't know what else to say about him. That's, That's it. I'll take really it. the only quality he has going over there. And the hypest man in Pennsylvania, Dylan Deal. How are you guys doing today? I really, I really wish my like, my title was as catchy as Dylan's. It's like I don't, I don't know where I came up with that. I just kind of thought of that one day when I was just trying to make up something better than our normal introduction. So I just kind of threw that out there, and I'm like, I feel like it's fitting. This works. I'll take this. Yeah. And yeah, thank God you are back this week, Dylan. And hopefully we don't have any technical issues or nothing like that. Last week was a clusterfuck. Again, I apologize for that. I'm glad we got Thursday's content. And if you didn't miss last week's Project Esports Presents, that was just me kind of talking to you guys for about a good 40 minutes about some general advice for startups and just kind of any general advice you can get from there. So go check that out. First one we posted on Reddit. And as always, Reddit's very indecisive about it. But it was fun to kind of go on there and not get shit on. So we're not that bad, guys. But without further ado, we've done a long enough pre-show. We've done a long enough kind of housekeeping here at the beginning. So let's jump into our first topic of the night with Riot finally hitting 1 billion views on YouTube. I'm going to hand that off to you, James, because it's yeah, Riot. Once... So, of course, it's you. Wait, wait. Was yeah. it Twitch or YouTube? Twitch. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, no. So, um, this past it was this past week, they they finally struck one billion, which I think one billion what? One, you say one billion what? Or one billion yeah. one? One billion what? Uh, oh, one, for anyone that doesn't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm I I apologize, everybody. I've been in uh, school mode for the last like week, and I'm my brain's just to mush at this point. Um, yeah. So. Riot Games hit 1 billion views on Twitch. Um, not not William, 1 million viewers, like, consistently, but 1 million views in total. Or 1, 1 billion views, oh my god. Um, yeah, on total, on their, their, their main page. Um, I think this is something that is, like... I don't want, like, I don't think it's as monumentous as everybody kind of feels it is. I, like, from my angle, I kind of see it as something that's, like, um, kind of... I don't know. It was like expected. It was just something that was going to happen after a while. Um, but basically, to me, this is two things. This is one. The first. This is the first page that's ever hit one billion on Twitch in total. I believe. I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anybody's matched that, um, which is a big deal. This kind of shows why it's one of the most predominant games played on Twitch. Um, and of course, for anybody who also doesn't know, just to get further more in, in explanation, Riot Games is the page that hosts primarily the EU and NALCS, as well as any of the major tournaments for, for League of Legends. Um, they kind of cover everything um, in that realm. They don't host the, the, the you know, the, the minor leagues. They, and they also don't host um, the uh, LPL, the Chinese League, or the LCK, China, uh, the Korean League. Um, so that's kind of a big deal because it is, there is a lot of markets that aren't really tapped. Um, I'm sure there is some people from the, you know, the, the, the Korean uh, fan base and the Chinese fan base that do watch this page. That being said, though, this is basically uh, page view or like, yeah, pa I guess total page views from people, you know, who primarily follow like the two English spoken scenes, um, which is pretty, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, no, I don't know if they're going to give them some sort of benchmark. I don't know if they're going to give them like, you know. I don't know if uh, Twitch is going to do anything for this. I assume they would. It seems like kind of a silly thing not to, to promote this, because I think that's a, you know, from a promotional standpoint, it's a pretty big deal. Um, but, yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, it's it's a big deal, but at the same time, like, it's just, it's a, more of a benchmark than anything. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think there's too much to really go in depth about it. Um, it's just something that it's nice to kind of get out in the community so everybody's kind of aware of. Yeah, and I mean, I get, I agree. I do think it's kind of a cool thing, but yeah. it is views instead of a lot of other things. I mean, it's nowhere near the first thing to reach a billion views or anything kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it is still crazy to think. 
if they're not, I know they're not all unique users, but that's like saying that one in about eight people have watched this channel at some point. I know they're not all unique viewers, but that's just how many a billion views is that one in eight people in the entire world has seen it without including Chinese or Korea. So yeah. it, it's not world changing. Like it is a cool PR stunt for Twitch if they do something, but I think it's just kind of a cool benchmark for them to hit, like congratulations and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I think it'd only be a matter of time till we see something hit 2 billion or something kind of like that. I mean, I think these views are these big numbers are just going to start coming faster and faster as Twitch grows, esports grows, and it's yeah. kind of the whole industry grows. So these numbers will come faster, but it's still cool to see that Riot being the first one. They've put in so much work. They've been around for so long. And Yeah, like, I mean, like, this is it. It kind of shows the the longevity of Riot. Like, I mean, there has been a lot of other platforms that have been very popular on Twitch. Um, but Riot's kind of been the big one to, like, withstand the test of time. That's kind of their big thing. Um, and this is like, like, and this is why we constantly go back to comparing other newer esports to to League of Legends because League of Legends again has we're into our seventh season, eighth season, seventh season, eighth season. Yeah, because we're in patch eight point one two, I believe. Um, so yeah, no, the game is the game is, and it's still doing well. A lot of people are like, I mean, every every year with games like League of Legends and Warcraft and stuff that has been proven, everybody wants to yell dead game, but. I mean, I think if anything, this kind of proves it's not exactly true. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, so I don't know how long you guys have been watching YouTube, um, but back in the day, um, getting like 100,000 subs was a big deal. And then getting a million, like the first person to get a million was like, holy shit, like that's a big deal. It was a huge deal, yeah. It was a huge deal. And then like slowly it was like, uh, as soon as the first one hit a million, it was just a floodgate. Um, basically everyone just started getting millions. Like the bar just kept going up and up and up and up exponentially. And then now like a million views is, or a million subs is nothing on, on YouTube. That's like to be expected from a lot of people is you should have like a million or whatever. Um, but like, I think in terms of Twitch, this is going to start catching up to right very quickly. Um, and for sure, probably going to surpass it. I mean, uh, if you look at Ninja's channel, he's already a fourth of the way there, and he's huh. he's not like new because he was he's been around since Halo and stuff. But like in terms of like being a very popular streamer, he is new, like really, really new. Yeah, like, yeah. Shroud, like Shroud is way older than him in terms of like being at the top of the stream charts, and he's he's already passed by Ninja. Um, and actually, I was looking at like an article by Dot uh, Esports. And in terms of just like hours watched, now you know like hours doesn't necessarily equal views, but it's like you good, can kinda, it's a good correlation yeah. to look at. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then so it's Ninja at six million viewer hours, and the next closest is Overwatch League at three point seven. So that's almost yes. double. So Ninja almost has double Overwatch League, and it's not like Overwatch League isn't ever streaming they have tons of games they have the games like how, how many days a week five four. Four. four four yeah so four days they have long streams it's not like it's it's short it's not like it's a game or two it's four days of long streams plus they actually have the reruns too and yeah. six hours of streaming so what they stream 24 hours a week plus live streams probably 30 hours a week at, at least at no and and the reruns so it's like double the normal live time yeah I don't know. They do probably rerun everything, and they do. They do, yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's a lot of hours of streaming. And and Ninja already, like, I know he streams very consistent. I think it's like probably five or six days a week at least. Oh Um, yeah. And he does a long period of time, but still, like those numbers, I I I can honestly see in less than a year him getting a billion views. I do. Yeah, I think if he keeps on his current his current war path that he's on right now, I I wouldn't be shocked at all. That's like no 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 like shot to like ride or anything because like Mm -hmm. LCS does have really good consistent viewers and they have a really good consistent fan base. It's not a dying game, obviously, but like it took them how long? How many seasons of LCS to get to To a billion? And then like we're gonna see like Ninja just boom shoot right up there within like you know probably less than two years. Um, or we're going to see Overwatch League, boom, just shoot right up there, too. Um, and I think, I think, I, I think that these other, uh, streamers or these other stream, pl- like, uh, like for like the Overwatch League, I think some of them 
definitely need to owe some of their success to Riot for being one of the bigger bigger games that has started on Twitch and have stayed on Twitch. Yeah. Um. So I like. I don't think Ninja would be at where he is because if they because he wouldn't have a streaming platform to do it on if if guys like Riot hadn't basically use this consistently as a platform to basically pave the way for the dude right so yeah no i know i know what you're saying because i mean yeah we're almost there and i think a lot of that has to do with probably the market that ninja hits same thing with the market that overwatch league hits um maybe it partially to do with the presentation um because i mean like with any game because um it seems that a lot of people in our in around our generation um basically you're always looking for the newest biggest thing um so games like riot or games like league of legends that yes, they are always changing, but at the end of the day, it's still a MOBA. Um, people go and look for other things, right? So I think that's why this probably could have happened sooner, but they're just kind of holding their own against the test of time, right? So yeah, and I mean, it's it's really interesting because games like uh, League and like channels like Riot lend itself inherently to having more unique people and more clicks on it, just because it's like more of a tournament format as opposed to just a single streamer like shroud or a single streamer like ninja because like their markets are supposed to be niche not you know like the 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 variety right the variety of people who watch like overwatch league and like watch the lcs Mm -hmm. should be way more wide than people who watch shroud and ninja but these people are still catching up really quickly so like I, i don't know i think it's kind of interesting to think about that like a, almost right now because of how popular it is almost like a wider variety of people are watching ninja than like any of the top like game leagues out there right now i think it's like something really interesting and kind of nuts to think about yeah it's kind of because the like the dudes like like i don't think ninja's like still i wouldn't consider him still the flavor of the month um but he's definitely still a very talked about character um like i mean uh i, I think he, especially if he goes back into doing things like uh celebrity streams and stuff like that like that's how he keeps his hype up that's how he keeps being like you know more in the forefront right so you know i think maybe if once everybody kind of sees what he has to offer it might start to dwindle down a little bit and that and this this exponential rise of viewership for him may start to dwindle but he's doing pretty good i can't see it happening anytime soon we'll kind of play by ear it depends on how fortnite does that's a big thing too, yeah. I mean, this, this is not a story that we're going to jump into too much, but they started saying that, like, we're going to start looking – Fortnite Epics came out and said, we're going to start looking at the late game of Fortnite, and that while building is still very core, cool, we want to change The late game. The late game of Fortnite. Oh, man. So, a lot of people are worried that they're going to change, like, the building mechanics and stuff kind of like that. They're talking about how the end of the game is all about building, and it doesn't allow for different play styles to really succeed and stuff. So, if Fortnite goes out there and just fucks up, I think I mean, Ninja is gonna have his audience come with him. A good chunk of that audience come with him, even if they end. But if yeah. Fortnite keeps getting bigger, Ninja is gonna keep getting bigger. Yeah, but if dude. Fortnite goes down, Ninja is gonna take a step back. So how quickly he goes is gonna depend on Fortnite. But he's gonna do fine. I'm not saying that Ninja is just gonna instantly drop off the map. But I'm saying that I mean the popularity of the game decides how many views he gets. I mean, also, like, he could probably retire right now. He probably has, like... Oh, like, you fucking... He could have retired three months three, ago and been fine. During E3, he tweeted out, like, he didn't stream for two days because of E3, and he lost 40,000 subscribers. Yeah! Like, that was crazy! I couldn't it, believe it, that. Who unsubscribes the second that someone doesn't put, like, I don't no, get no, that. No, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't, like, unsubscribe. It wasn't... It was just not getting those new subscriptions because, like, um, those two days um, are rollover days for certain people. Um, and so they didn't tune in that day because he wasn't streaming, so they never renewed. And then it just the subscriber count went down, um, as opposed to just going up because every day that you're streaming, in theory, it should keep going up. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, but still, that's an insane number because if you think about it, that's like a fraction, small, small, small fraction of his subs. His sub count is insane, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. and I know there's no accurate way to see what his sub count is. I know some of the platforms that kind of say, like, try and track it aren't 100% accurate, but I know they're pretty, pretty fucking ridiculous. Well, I think we've talked about Twitch enough. We're going to be coming up with these numbers. And like I said, we think more of these benchmarks are going to come. So we'll definitely bring this back up in the next time it comes, something like that. But now let's move into another streaming platform, if that's what you want to call it, or that's how they're trying to position themselves. But YouTube's 
really kind of taking a stab at Twitch and seeing if they can kind of take that spot from them. So I kind of have two parts. So the first part, if you haven't seen, YouTube has started banning people that only like post like five second video of advertising when they're going live on Twitch and stuff kind of like that. And they're really kind of cracking down on channels that advertise only going to a different channel and they don't host their videos on YouTube or anything kind of like that. So that's the first step. Then after that, YouTube announced that they're going to come out with alternative ways for creators to monetize their videos. And what they basically rolled out was the $5 Twitch affiliate and the Twitch sub that you know so well. So for $4.99, um, a channel membership gives you subscribers exclusive content, subscriber badges, and special emo- emojis or emotes that we all know them on this Twitch. Hmm, seems really familiar. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't think they're trying to hide it. I think they've just seen how successful it has been on Twitch. They're kind of cracking down on them just using it as a advertising platform for Twitch. And they want to be taken more seriously as a streaming platform. I mean, it goes on to talk more about it in the Polygon article. You can go and check it out there. But I guess we've talked about Mixer recently. We've talked about Facebook.gg. Do you think YouTube could ever really come up and take that from Twitch? I mean, I mean, they have the subscription models for creators. I mean, a lot of creators have been really unhappy with YouTube recently. But yeah. could this be yeah. after the adpocalypse? It, it depends. On I what? Think, I think it really depends because, like, certain audiences will lend itself uh, to YouTube more than Twitch. I think if you're looking at the common video game stream people are going to want Twitch way more. But if you have certain instances like, um, uh, what was that thing? KSI versus Logan Paul, right? They had like a like a boxing match or something. That, oh, yeah. lends, that lends itself really well to YouTube because like their audiences are already on YouTube. Now, if you had like a, a consistent YouTube personality that like kept putting out videos and videos, then yeah, maybe I could see their their um their live streams be super popular there. Like um, for instance, I know uh Philly D right um Philip DeFranco does does live streams there. Now it's not video game related content; it's just normal live stream content. But they lend itself really well to the platform because his audience is already there. I think uh, trying to pull Twitch over into YouTube and then you know having maybe just YouTube be just a live stream format for you rather than just like producing like um like uh produced videos you know instead of just doing just produced videos so some people on twitch they just put twitch content out they don't they don't make videos or anything like that they just put the the twitch content out there so i think that kind of format doesn't lend itself very well to youtube like just just live streaming to youtube i don't think that works and i guess i can make i should make a couple things clear so when i said like that exclusive content it can be very similar to how Patreon does it. So they're kind of taking on Twitch and Patreon and bringing oh, no. all these platforms together so that for that like $5 subscription, you can mark a video to be only for your subscribers to that channel. And they give you 70% of all the money from the subscriptions, which is more than Twitch's 50%. And it's more money than you get from uh, Patreon a lot. Yeah. So they are giving creators more money they are allowing you to get all your money in one place. I mean, not quite to the extent as Patreon, but it can be for your very low level. It can be an ex- replacement for Patreon, but you don't have to go and set it up and ask people to go there. You'd say, okay, come and just subscribe to Twitch, um, to the YouTube channel. So I, mean, I think, I think we as like a group, like, like us or like our generation or like, and the ones that kind of surrounded, I mean, checking out somebody's patreon or checking out somebody's soundcloud has become almost like a meme so you want to check youtube in there too like i don't know i think people are just gonna get bogged down with having all these additional platforms that people want them to see and that they need to pay money for i think like i i think i think youtube on this is slow to the draw yes i do agree i think i think that their person like i think having personalities live stream vice them trying to move in and exclusively video games like phil defranco um that's a, probably an untapped market that they can definitely move in on. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like this is just YouTube being real slow to the draw. Let everybody else. Like, I mean, I'm sure they're going to get some sort of following. But I I don't know. I don't. I, I think I think we're kind of they, – they, they missed the mark. I think they missed the mark by, like, two years. Yeah, I think this is coming way too late. I think this is only going to benefit the um, 
the higher end YouTube live streamers. So yeah. um, chill anime hip hop beats or whatever that channel's called. Oh, I um, love it. I listen to it. I watch it all the time. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, Philip DeFranco, those kinds of people who live stream and that's their live stream and they always have high viewers because their audience wants to see them, they're going to benefit so well from this because it's just like, hey, you're already popular on this on this platform. Just have more features for people to give you money. That sounds perfectly great for them, but I, I, I don't know. I still don't see video game personalities using this over Twitch. Yeah. No. Yeah, and Twitch I've been defending it. I've just been more of a devil's advocate here. I'm definitely more in favor of the Twitch Patreon one because it, for me, staying as far away from YouTube as possible because YouTube's just been a fucking train wreck. And every time they do one good thing, they do two or three bad things. So I'm definitely in favor of that. But I'm just trying to bring out the points that they're making. And if it wasn't YouTube, what they're kind of offering here isn't all bad. They're offering people more money. And they are allowing you to kind of do that Patreon, a light version of Patreon. So what they're doing isn't bad. The problem is that they're YouTube and they are being super picky with it. So only people that have more than 100,000 subscribers are able to uh, do this program right now. Right now. Yeah. So right now, Twitch, you need to get 50 people following you, which if you go do follow for follow, you can get a day. Uh, And then just stream for 20 hours and you can start bringing these in. So within a week, you can start bringing money in for Twitch subscriptions. Here, you have to put content out for however long it takes you to 100,000 subscribers, which could be quick, could be a long time. So Yeah, if, if you don't make produced content, this isn't for you. Yeah, um, exactly. This, yeah. this is for people who make good produced content, and live streaming is a supplement for them rather than their core content. I totally agree, yeah. I think I think this is like – this is going to sound really, really friggin', you know um, – Oh my God! What's that movie called? V for Vendetta. But the rich are only getting richer from this platform, and nobody. I don't think a lot of this, like a lot of the other guys who want to maybe get their start on YouTube, this isn't going to help them. They're not going to get anywhere of it. Yeah. So where we're kind of standing still is nothing we have seen so far is really able to compete with Twitch in terms of gaming. Mixer's making moves, YouTube's trying, but right now Twitch is still kind of king of the hill, and there's nothing you've seen so far that makes you want to change your mind about that yeah no i like twitch I, to me to me and for a while twitch is going to be king of the hill until i see them really fuck up which again we've got we've discussed multiple times we've we've said that they've slipped up here and there but they're like they're not going to slip up enough yet for these guys to take over so enough about streaming talk enough about platforms all that kind of stuff Let's move on to something slightly Overwatch League related without it really being Overwatch League related. But the Call of Duty World League has announced that they are switching over to franchising. So it's going to be very similar to anything you see in the Overwatch League, um, in the NALCS, EU LCS, and all that kind of stuff. But what I really kind of found interesting and what I wanted to kind of bring up here was that any owners that are currently in the Overwatch League We'll have the first right at getting into this league. So, first off, I mean, most of the teams that currently are in the Overwatch League are a lot of the biggest teams in the U.S., kind of in general, the NA. Um, So it kind of makes sense. And with the Blizzard Activision kind of connection there, that also makes sense. But, I mean, what do you kind of think? Because it looks like, um it's going to be 10 teams again i can't see exactly what it is kind of off the top of my head here super long article on espn but do you think that franchising is going to kind of bring call of duty back to the front of esports even if you do have that crossover between the overwatch league and all that kind of stuff i mean if it if the call of duty league is pretty much presented the exact same way how the overwatch league is presented both call of duty do you think that'll pad the same amount of viewership as the Overwatch League? It'll no, boost it. it'll boost it. Yeah, um, I think like I think directly associating um, them with a franchise like the franchise teams. I think that's a smart move because it's gonna have like that cross promotion. Um, but I don't think it's gonna like make it just fucking shoot through the roof. You know what I mean? Like I mean, like for example, like this is like, it happened with traditional like traditional esports teams as well. Just like I mean, yes, I watch CLG's League of Legends team. You know, occasionally I'll check out their 
you know, they're like, oh, I, I want to say like the Rainbow Six team, but they lost the Rainbow Six team. They lost everything. <laughs> um, but like, I occasionally did check out their other streams, but it wasn't like a consistent thing. It was like, oh, fuck, you know, fuck yeah, CLG. Now, that being said, we and we've talked about this a lot, especially when the Overwatch League was like kind of forming, that sense of um, uh, like geographical pride, like, I mean, Dallas watching Dallas players, um, you know, Houston watching Houston players. Um, regardless of the game, I think that might work in their favor. Um, I don't know. It might resurrect COD a bit, but I don't think, I don't think it's going to do anything astronomical. Can I feel the same way, Dylan? Nothing really yeah, to no, add. No, I, I totally agree. I think it could only help, um, but it might not be advantageous to put that much money in. Because I don't know if the return is going to be quite what they want. They're not going to be getting those 100k viewers consistently. Um, but I think if they, you know, align themselves very closely with the Overwatch League city teams, um, I think it's a good starting point for Call of Duty esports. I mean, it's been around for a really long time, and uh, there's no like inherent reason why it can't be super popular. I mean, I definitely could see it being a big esport, but. I don't know. I mean, we would something, have to see. Yeah, and something that's really creative about, I mean, kind of unique about this, and kind of, I don't know if it worries me or, or if that's just how kind of Activision is, but currently out of the 12 Overwatch League teams, 10 of them don't have any form of a Call of Duty team. Right now, only Optic Gaming and... Uh, would it be Envy is the yeah, other one? The only yeah, two with teams right now. So those other team, those other 10 would be taking spots of already more successful call of duty teams out there and they haven't announced how many teams are going to be in the league or anything but i just it would this would be their chance of trying to make it much more mainstream and i feel like by doing so would really kind of push away the hardcore fan base that is already watching it because the teams that they want to be watching probably aren't going to have a chance to make it very similar to kind of what happened with the nalcs is that they took money and kind of ownership groups and who's in charge of it into effect just as much more than the fan base, which could worry me a little bit that if you're just throwing a bunch of new teams in there, that's different for the Overwatch League because it's kind of a new league. Well, with Call of Duty, it's been going for a while. There's established teams and there's established fan bases. Yeah. And that's just it. Like, like and it, it seems like, a, like, especially with like the shooters, it seems like a lot of these smaller teams kind of go in and out a bunch, similar to the LCS, but not to the same degree. Um, so, and like, I don't know, I don't know if you go to the point, like, like, oh, that's a big way. Like a lot of these new teams get like their hype is they're like the new kids on the block. They show up and they fucking run train and they're like, oh my God, these guys are crazy. Right. So I think taking that away from that market may not be the most beneficial thing. I'm not too sure. Um, that being said though, if Activision kind of keeps going the way they're going, as well as Blizzard, I can see this rolling avian into, and I'm at this point we're gonna go on this later, but like Warcraft teams as well. Like I mean, this is this is starting to kind of start a kind of start a war path of franchising. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely agree. I think it'll be interesting. I hope they do bring the level of like kind of professionalism that the Overwatch League does. I mean, that'll oh, get yeah. me to watch it at least at least a little bit. Maybe not to the Overwatch level, but if you bring in a much more smooth and easy to find kind of method, I'd be down to watch some of it. I just I don't know much about Call of Duty. I don't know when to watch it, where to watch it. So if you make it much more clear and easy to find, I mean I I'll I'll watch Call of Duty at a high level if there's nothing else on. Why not? Oh, that's just it too, right? Like I mean, it's like if it's if you're not looking for all these individual channels like Star Ladder and like uh, oh Christ, I don't even know what what actually I don't even know if COD uses the Star Ladder. I think that's CS:GO. Um, that you're gonna kind of like weed your way through all these individual channels. Um, I think it does make it a lot easier if you centralize it. And again, going back to Riot hitting 1 billion views um, in total, I think that's half of it. It's because you're not hunting for these individual channels. The, the big one is the one you want to watch. It's the one with the most, it's the one with the most views, the most viewership, and you go from there. So if you centralize it, it's usually good for the market, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, is there any last kind of points you want to touch on the Call of Duty League or just kind of moving on from there? Okay. Uh, good. With that, I'm going to go fill up my water bottle because you guys are moving on to World of Warcraft and I have nothing to add to this conversation. So you two go and let me know when you're ready for me to come back in the conversation. Sounds good, buddy. You can, you, you can step out. Um, okay. So yeah, Dylan, um, 
we we we're finally starting to see it, dude. It's finally starting to take off. Um, the the uh, the Warcraft MDI, the Mythic Mythic Dungeon Invitational. Invitational. Yeah, hit it had like a pretty a really solid viewership. Um, it was yeah, su- it was hit, surprising. It hit above a hundred k. Um, for the final matches. So this is leading into BlizzCon. Um, yeah. At the end of September, I believe it is. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, or at least the next set of games is like the end of December, so or September. Uh, so there is some time until like the next like big matches for this. Um, this happened kind of a little bit early on, and there's going to be a big kind of lull. Um, I'm guessing that's probably going to just be um, Battle for Azeroth coming out. Uh, people prepping to run dungeons in that game um, to yeah. lead into BlizzCon. Um, but yeah, I mean, above 100k is good for, for WoW Esports. Well, yeah, and like, I mean, we never kind of saw these, these, I don't think these numbers were even close to any of the arena stuff. And I think the big thing is too, is because it's something that people can easily relate to. It's borderline speed running, right? Like, I mean, or ba- it's, it's, it's speed running without nearly as many game breaking exploits. Um, and that's a popular market. Like games done quick is doing super well right now. They're like, they have a really solid viewership. They always have, and this is really good for blizzard. And the big thing is too, especially with blizzcon coming up um, and BFA being like announced and being the new big thing. Think of how the good this viewership is going to be when the dungeons that they're seeing aren't something they've seen for over a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, some stuff that's fresh stuff. That's crazy. I think, I think if Warcraft's smart about this, and they or Blizzard in general, if they're smart about this and they and they kind of play their cards right, if they have another MDI shortly after, um, shortly after the launch of BFA, or not maybe shortly after, but a couple months enough to get like let the pro teams kind of uh, build their build their stuff up, um, we're gonna see some really exciting stuff, and I think we might see some really good numbers coming out of that as well. No, yeah, I totally agree. I think the only thing that's kind of hindering it right now. Um, is probably personalities, um, yeah. just because it's still kind of like a new and developing scene. Um, like, I mean, I'm sure like Method has probably like a top team or something like that. They have two. They have two teams. They're yeah. Method, so, Method so like yeah. you you do have them there, but like once you start seeing some like bigger personalities get involved with it, um, I definitely think that's going to have the numbers go up a lot. And I also like totally agree with what you're saying. Um, once you go over to dungeons that haven't been played for the past like couple years, like over and over and over by like the people watching it, it'll yeah. be way more exciting. Absolutely, because you're gonna see like uh, like like I was saying before, new exploits that you weren't aware of, and you're not gonna have to find that content through like Twitch or YouTube and stuff like that, or like trying to find various guides. It's gonna be in the pro scene. You're gonna be like, oh my god, I had no idea, right? And like in the and I think especially with. Um, with the pro scene becoming a thing, and depending on how much viewership they get and how much money goes into it, um, you're going to see that content only available in that area because no one's going to want to put it out because other people will use it, and they'll use that to win. You know what I mean? So it's making that it's making that exploitation, or not even exploitation, but like finding like the proper ways of doing these dungeons to the best of their abilities really, really kind of secretive, right? And I think that'll be cool too, especially for watching it um, for the in the professional scene because you're going to see co- uh, compositions that, like, it's not like you're seeing the same makeup every time, you know what I mean? Because if nobody's sharing information, everybody finds their own thing that they think is the best, and they're thinking they're producing the best numbers, and they're kind of, and when, once you take it to pro, you're like, oh, shit, this is crazy. Like, nobody's ever thought of this. This is, like, unique. This is different. I really like this. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's just good for the game overall. All right, so how does this sound? Hey, me. Mythic Dungeon Invitational, colon, classic. Oh, dude! Like I don't Holy know what kind of I don't know what kind of rework that they would have to kind of do there because obviously there is some rework, so it's not purely vanilla, but that would be kind of cool. It would be. I I know vanilla's recently. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, um, Dylan's little uh, call to was the the Warcraft is coming out with the classic version or vanilla. Um, that basically is solidified in patch 1.12, which is years and years ago, like like over a decade ago. Um, and basically, there's a lot of hype about it. There's a lot of huge following. Um, but yeah, like Mythic Plus Dungeons for Classic would be really cool. I think, like, I mean, I know they probably wouldn't implement it, but it would be a cool idea because some of this stuff in the length of some of those dungeons was ridiculous. Um, multiple dungeons like Blackrock Depths and... Um, 
Black Art Devs is the big one that like sticks out in my head because that was like a three hour run. Like if you were the current level, like it was ridiculous. It was a raid, but you was a five man dungeon. Um, so the big like if they were to implement that in classic, I think that would have. I think it would also bring a lot of hype. You could almost have like the like an old timers league kind of thing. I don't know. I think it would be kind of cool. I think there's a market there. Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to see these old dungeons like. Yeah, they have they did have strategies, but it was more of like strategies on how to just get through it rather how than to like survive, yeah. yeah, how to survive it rather than like okay, well, you know, it's even harder than the regular hardest. How are we gonna get through this and do it really quickly? Yeah, well, that's just it, right? Like, I mean, because that was always the big thing it was just holy shit, boys, let's just make it through it. Um, but yeah, no, if you add that speed running element into it, I think it would be really, really interesting. Um, and I don't know. I, like, I feel like a good percentage of the like the classic players would love that. I think that would I think that would attract a lot of hype. Of course, you'd get the you know the the guys that are like, oh my god, this isn't the original game. Fuck this, right? But I think um, I think that's really I don't know. I think it's it'd be more it'd be more good than bad, especially with like the ways the old classes were set up too. I think you wouldn't see nearly as much flexibility with the uh, with the like the compositions and stuff like that because you know if anybody who played in vanilla, you're a paladin, you're a healer. You're a druid. You're a healer, um, and like, don't try and be anything else because you're an idiot. But um, yeah, no. So it would be kind of interesting. It'd be it'd be neat. It'd be cool to see. Yes, yes, Andrew. Hi, I think I have something to add. Okay. Oh my what god, do you think dude. About this. Minecraft esports. Uh, uh, they have PvP servers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had. Go on. I was just trying to fuck with you guys. I, I, I still have nothing. I still don't understand half of what you're talking about right now. I know what a paddle is. I know what a druid is. Oh, yeah, but you don't know. Uh, do you know the content? Well, I, yeah, you do because you you played the starter. You know. Yeah, for like ten minutes, and then I moved on. But no, go on with you. I'm sorry, I got you off topic. I should have just kept my mouth shut. But oh no, it's all good, buddy. Yeah, no, like um, I think there's a market there, and I think I think we're gonna see a huge increase come BFA. I think it's gonna be great for everybody. And I would, I would like to see franchising. I would like to see franchising in the MDI uh, market. I think that'd be really good. And again, it's within Blizzard, it's been, so they like they can easily assimilate that into into the Overwatch teams. Um, I think it would be a fairly like seamless transition. The only like I like, I would love to see the deal come between Method and London Spitfire because I think that would be insane. Because that like there would be so so much money there. It would be ridiculous. And, pl- and then, I mean, then you're working in Cloud9 with Method, which is ridiculous. So, like, I don't know. It, I, I would love to see it. And the, a big thing is, too, um, this would preserve a lot of, like, these Warcraft guilds that have kind of moved into this being this big thing. Because we saw, over the years, you saw so many big names kind of kind of fade, fade to the wayside because of Warcraft not being really profitable, right? Like, um, like high-end rating wasn't a big deal anymore. You know what I mean? Because stuff is being killed so quick and stuff like that. There's no money in it. Now we're putting money back into the game. We're going to see the resurgence of some really scary teams. No, I I, I agree. Because, like, this is the only thing that you can do in in WoW, like, to make money now. Besides, if you're a high-end content producer like like Method. Like, because, because of, like, their sponsors and because their YouTube is so big, they can do that kind of stuff and, like, make getting world first like profitable a big deal and, yeah it exactly. makes sense but like there's no other incentive for anyone else to do it so no high-end pvp you can do it like for blizzcon and stuff like that but i mean realistically that's about it and even like and the shitty part is too there's um and i know we're kind of going a bit down the rabbit hole as far as the workout but we only have one more topic left so i don't mind um there's been a huge movement from the PvP community for Warcraft, basically trying to get implement solo queue into um, into Warcraft, which a lot of guys, guys like such as like Asmgold, has been behind this, and Asmgold, as well as uh, Soda Pop, and like these are some really big fucking names. And Blizzard is still like, eh, we don't have any plans of doing this, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, but because of that, PvPers are dying off too, and that's a sin because PvP, yes, it's not the main thing you do in Warcraft. But it is a huge aspect. People need to recognize that. Blizzard needs to recognize that. That is a market people like. And if you make that more accessible through solo queue, that's awesome. Because if you don't do that, you're doing like this LFR system. You're like scrolling through people and being like, oh my God, like, uh, you know, if you, like depending on what your class is and your talent setup, you're going to be always ignored because you're not meta, right? But if you do a solo queue, it's just like any other game. It's just like League of Legends. It's just like Overwatch. You queue up solo, you get somebody who's a sick, 
Uh, give me a sh- give me a shit Overwatch character. Torbjorn. Like, Torbjorn. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you have a Torb. You have a Torb one trick. But because Torb's a Torb one trick, he's really good. So you don't mind queuing up with him. It's the same thing with World of Warcraft, right? Let's say let's say outlaw rogues aren't hot right now. They're not a really big thing. Um, if you queue up with an outlaw rogue, you're in the you're gonna lose MMR if you leave. So you might as well stay. And it turns out this guy's a god. Like, it gives those guys a chance too, right? That's the big thing. It, it allows you to play what you want to play. That's the big thing for it, right? It lets people be like, oh, fuck it. I can do whatever the hell I want because everything's viable because it's solo game. So I think from from that angle, you really need to look into that. I think that'd be a real – I think it's – going on the solo queue, I think they, the, the big thing was like hashtag solo queue. That was their big movement. Um, I think that would be smart for also for Blizzard to kind of get some more monetization back into the game other than just subscription. Yeah, I agree. All right. Yeah, I kind of went on a tangent there. My apologies. No, that's fine. Sounds like, yeah, sounds like you guys had a good conversation. I mean, hopefully someone in the chat besides you two understood what's going on. I'm sure someone's out there for for Warcraft. There's got to be some other uh, people playing that. But fingers, fingers crossed. We can move into another topic that I don't really know much about. But I'll hand it off to Dylan because he actually does know. And I just went a little bit more kind of up my alley because I can make up some bullshit predictions off it. Yeah. Lovely. So la- I think it was last year, or maybe the year before, um, at the international, um, people might remember Dendi playing against an AI bot who, like, was, for lack of a better term, absolutely godlike, um, and just like blow, like blew like Dendi out of the water, um, which is a pretty big deal because like Dendi is not like a bad Dota player. He's like really good. He like his team won the first uh, international. He's like a really, really good player, and like this isn't like an easy game at all. So it's not like um, it's not like an FPS of where you can do like aim hacks or anything really. Um, the OpenAI software, which it's just called OpenAI, um, the way it learns and stuff, especially in MOBA, is really interesting and really dynamic because MOBA isn't so straightforward. So like in uh, an FPS, I'm simplifying it a lot, but a lot of times it's just aim at the head and shoot. So CSGO, right? If you have a CSGO AI, it's going to learn how to shoot at the head. And that's not really that interesting and cool. But for strategy games and like RTS games, so I know they did big strides with this in StarCraft, um, just having AI learn and how to execute some of this stuff. It's really interesting. And a lot of them are just way better than humans. Um, And I believe the OpenAI software not only is in Dota, um, but it's in Chess and Go. Um, the last update I got was that the best AI player for Go could not beat the best human player. Oh, wow, okay. But I don't know if that has changed. Um, and that's only because Go is such, like, a really, like, deep, like, strategic game um, that, like, like supersedes, like, chess in terms of strategy, um, which is, like, crazy to think about. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, um, and so like at the time, I know it couldn't like surpass the human player, but for Dota, it does. And what's really interesting now is that they're putting five together, um, and they're going to be playing against uh, a full team of Dota pros. Now, the way the article is lit, like written in uh, .esports, it sounds like they're putting the team in just the international. I don't think that's the case. I think this is just a show match. Um, but the way they worded it, it sounded like they were just putting them into the international bracket, um, which would be hilarious. I think it would be really, really funny. Um, but obviously, they don't want to take up that that bracket spot for a team that actually played and earned it. Um, so it's probably just going to be a show match. Um, I'm guessing it's probably going to be like an all-star team uh, where they're going to pull a bunch of really good personalities together, really good players, and just have them go up against this AI team. But what's really interesting is the way that the AI team works together. So it literally just learns by playing, and apparently they do like they develop strategies and yeah, like is... unique strategies too. Yeah, I like I was reading the article. And I was like, like because, it, and it's weird how the AI thinks too because they they specialize. If you read the article, they specialize on aggression. That's the that's the crazy part. Is they sat like you would think if you're playing an AI team, they, they play for the long game, right? You'd think that they can like that's how it would kind of go but it's not at all like apparently their early game is insane they sacrifice farm they go for kills like uh that's some skynet shit man yeah that's some that's some high level strategy and thinking because like if you think about facing up against like 
say like the CPU in any MOBA, right? The default yep. like in-engine CPU, what it's going to do is going to sit in lane. It's yep. going to keep trying to last hit. It's Pretty just gonna, much, yeah. It's gonna, and like if it's like the hardest AI in the game, it just last hits really well. And then if you start getting low, then it might come and attack you. But it's not doing these like weird like ganks. Like they're yeah. they're doing like ganks and stuff, and they're like like capitalizing on leads and like um i forget who it was but there was a dota commentator who was like yeah this this looks like a legitimate like good team like a good team of just like selfless um human players which is very interesting if you think about it from like a moba perspective of where everyone like on like um like online that you play with is always so selfish that like yeah. if you were able to get just like five people together who didn't care about anything but winning the game overall together it'd be a god tier team well, that's just it, too. Like, a lot of people who play, like, League of Legends and Dota and stuff like that, a lot of their success comes from a team that will really synergize and work together. Um, and nobody gets, like, and nobody's like, okay, just, you know, get me fed and we win. You know what I mean? Like, that's a very, like, especially because somebody, because this is the thing. An a, a full AI team eliminates ego. And ego is, like, a number one killer for that stuff. Um, so, to eliminate that, and then you just have five really skilled players with no ego, no overaggression. Um, and you know, no, you know, like overconfidence or underconfidence that kind of like, I mean, it makes sense why this team acts the way they do. Right. Um, despite being a fully AI team, I don't know. It's pretty. Yeah. Because like, it's interesting because like, it's not just them last hitting super well. Cause like, that's something so easy in the game that you can program on how to last hit. Like you can do a bot that would last hit like every time and we'll get it perfectly. But, like, not only that, but there's also, like, last hitting, there's denying farm, there's, mm-hmm. like, pull strategies, there's farm strategies, there's, like, stuff you do in the jungle that's really weird, there's, like, rotations in Dota, um, lanes are completely different, so it's not this, like, um, I, I think we had this discussion before, but, like, obviously, not every single league game is like this, but, like, nine times out of ten, you're gonna have one player top, one jungle, one mid, two bottom. Yeah, in no. Dota, it's more dynamic than that. Um, and so that, I don't know, there's just, like, so many variables that go into this that, like, damn, that's in, it's insane how much it, this AI program has to learn and actually, like, use it all together because it's, like, five separate entities. It's insane. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch this, this show match because I really want to see how they function and how they act because I can imagine it's not anything I'm going to picture because I'm pictured like a very rigid team that kind of like, you know, it's, it looks almost like borderline like methodical. Um, but but it sounds like it's not that at all. So I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked to kind of see how this team like exists and functions. It's going to be really weird. Super kind of random. Creeping on some of the people uh, watching us on Twitch right now. I clicked on one of their profiles. And guess what their title is? Like all and all the only wording on the entire page says Skynet is coming. <laughs> oh no, dude, somebody's predicting it. I don't need <sighs> And that kind of creepy that we're talking about AI and one of our followers only has that. It's like pictures of Terminator and all that kind of stuff on there. I thought that was kind of funny. But I mean, the Terminator franchise was great until after until two. And then after two it got it turned to shit show. No, so it better be it better be some classic Terminator. Interesting, and I I'm curious to see what they kind of do. I don't haven't added too much about it. You guys have really covered a lot of the major points that I would kind of touch on, so I don't have too much to add. But I I am curious. I hope what I think would be fun is if they pull all the like the all star team from the tournament and play them against it. So it's technically the best of the best against the bots. But I'll be curious to see who it goes. And that's a one of the Dota games I will probably watch. The bots will win. I think they're going to walk on them. That's the scary part. I think it's, I, 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 it's unfortunate, but I think this is going to be like, this is going to be crazy to see like what, like how scary a team like that could be. Cause one-on-one's one thing. One-on-one you can kind of anticipate one of the players, but now you're worrying about five other players that are all coordinating and that don't have any issues with communication or anything like that. And communication is such a huge part of a MOBA. That and, and it causes a lot of pro teams to slip up, right? You eliminate that, as, like along with the other things I said, ego, confidence, or, over, over and under. Yeah, that team's gonna walk on anybody. So I'm really interested to see. Now, I mean, I might be proven wrong. I, they may get absolutely stomped, but I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. I, I think it's gonna be pretty fucking terrifying. No, I'm definitely with you. But I mean, anything else that we kind of touch on with the AI or anything kind of like that? 
any last topics you want to kind of end the show with on anything burning to kind of get out? Um, GDQ is going right now. I do recommend watching that. It's always a good time. Uh, it's always fun watching Mega Man be played at like warp speed and exploited. I love it. I got to watch Majora's Mask on the 3DS, which which factored in some ridiculous shit. Um, like how long the game's been running and like, oh god, like it was ridiculous. The the, the speedrunners went into the math about it and stuff like that. It was really it was really really cool to hear them explain it. Um, and I mean it is I like I don't know what we can call speedrunning an esport. I kind of consider it. Um, it's just so spread out amongst each game, but each game does have its own individual community, which I think is super dope. So check it out. And GDC's games done quick for anyone. Yes. That yeah, my apologies. I just like always kind of bringing those out because it even took me a second in my head. And I knew what the event was. So I still want to make it clear to anyone listening that it is games on quick. It's going live on Twitch for, I think another week and a half. I think it ends at the end of next week. I think it's two weeks. It, so, ends, uh, it ends July. I thought it was the first. Oh, is it that quick already? It, it, it goes for the full week. It starts the 24th, goes to the first. It started yesterday. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. And all money raised through that does go to a charity. I don't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head. Doctors Without Borders. There you go. So yeah. do go and check that out. At least watch a little bit if you're curious and that all. That is a really good cause. But yeah. Dylan, do you have anything to kind of add in at the end of the show? Otherwise, I don't have too much either. Nope. That's all I have. Awesome. Well, and then I guess with that, that's going to be wrapping up the Project Esports podcast for June 25th, 2018. Thank you all very much for watching. Uh, I, got, I got it up this time. Oh, <laughs> um, don't uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow, guys. Um, sharing, uh, letting anybody else know, um, anything that kind of gives us uh, a bit more publicity is greatly appreciated. We, we we would love you forever. Or I'll go to the dome with you, one of the two. <laughs> uh, yeah, and don't forget that every Monday and Thursday we go live at seven thirty Eastern time on Twitch, and then the following day, um, we'll have all the vods up for you guys and on all the podcast networks and we're pushing really hard to get that affiliate um you know little little title on our on our twitch we're getting pretty close there um so if you go ahead and then just like shout us out on twitter to help us out with that uh, shout us out with that um we'll go ahead and just give you like a, a shout out at the end of every single episode so we have at Zanaxis at Cassinia Ilya at the Banhammer at better underscore esports at xenos king and at learning bill they all shouted us out on twitter and they're helping us get there uh so you know feel free to do that or you know just pm me and i will go ahead and just like give you a shout out personally if you if you follow us because i love you all <laughs> all awesome. right well thank you very much we will see you all on thursday i'm andrew i'm james and i'm dylan thank you very much for tuning in or listening to later on podcasting platforms to the Project Esports Podcast.